What's good, all you great, grand, wonderful, fantastic individuals out there in the universe? It is Thursday, December 15th, and um, I decided to do my pre-close of the year a bit early. Uh, Normally, every year, I sit here and I think about the things that I've been through and the lessons that I've learned and I create this culminative list of 10 things that I feel like are the lessons that I have learned about life, liberty, and all the fuck shit in between for the past year. Um, I'm doing this a little bit early this year. But I say that because I'm going to do one through five in no chronological order. And then five through ten when we get closer. So, uh, per the usual, y'all ready? Let's start this. Number one. And I feel like maybe the easiest to start with and possibly the heaviest. I say that now, but I don't know. Because I guess the um, measurement of weight of everything that I'm going to say is dependent upon the person and their life experiences. So I will say something that I consider to be the easiest and heaviest for me to start with. Grief is an ever-changing, ongoing beast. For many of you guys who know, um, I say this all the time now, more so than I try to, but because it be, it's a super part of my makeup, my life decisions, my movements, my choices, all of those things. Um, my father's death... From uh, 2021 um, changed a lot of things for me. And it made me uh, reference a lot of things differently. Move around differently, choose to do things differently. It it um it changed the dynamics of my relationships, and why that I mean personal and personal, professional, romantic friendship. Uh, it really altered a lot of things and how I look at things, and for particular reasons. And I feel like now, at this stage in it, um, that's fair. Before, I felt like I was making decisions that were based solely out of sadness, um, preservation, survival, and I felt like I was doing things um, incorrectly and uh, in a biased fashion that was unfair. Now, I feel like I did things the exact way that I should have coming from where I was coming from. But that also has to do with the relationship that I cultivated with myself, which we will get into later in this list. So for me, I felt like, yeah, I mean, I made all the choices that I made because it made the most sense to me as the person that I was in the state that I was in the space that I was to do what I felt like made the most sense. And Grief will teach you uh, many things about yourself. And I feel like those things that I learned about myself altered what was acceptable for me from people who I considered to be closer, friends, whatever. I'm not saying anybody was wrong. I don't think anybody is wrong. I just think that... um, my standards, my um, requirements 
changed. And I I do feel like these are things that changes as you get older. But I feel like um, if you endure some very specific, uh, very traumatic, very jarring life experiences, the, um, the overflow of what that makes you feel kind of weaves its way into that as well. And so then your choices become mired by things that you would have never thought about before you had those experiences. And initially I felt guilty about making decisions based out of the fact of where I am. But (laughs) now at this point, and again, I'm really not that far into my father's passing. I feel like I made choices um, based off of who I am and where I am in this portion of my growth. And I now don't feel guilty for that. I did exactly what I need to do for me. As all of us should. So, yeah. Number two, boundaries are real. And um, piggybacking off of number one, I discovered very quickly that if you do not have the proper boundaries set in place with people, they will uh, try to force opinions onto you into actions and narratives that don't necessarily align with what you're doing and who you are. And I say that in the sense like this, losing my father made me sit back and really reevaluate my adult relationships, be them um, romantic or platonic. And uh, I discovered for myself that there were many people that I was holding on to where the friendship was one-sided and that automatically puts you at a deficit and I had to (laughs) in the space of ridding myself of a lot of things that I didn't need anymore people became one of them but I am very forthcoming with how I feel and why And so I was upfront and honest with people in the same breath of sending people onward. I would definitely say, hey, look, um, (laughs) this is what it is. Like, I couldn't operate from, you can't heal when you're dealing with people who are constantly contacting you just to further their healing and that's what that was happening with a lot of people there were people who would contact me in the guise of well I just want to see if you're okay D I want to see how you're doing blah 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 blah. and let me talk for like a minute and then springboard off of that to talk about themselves so that by the end of the conversation I'm walking them off a ledge or counseling them through something that I didn't ask for and it's like so you didn't really call me to see if I was okay you just called me so that I could continue pouring into you as I always have and that's really unfair but I have not placed or created the boundary as to how and why this is unfair to me. And I had to start doing that with people because it made me very resentful and I didn't want to be that type of person. I was carrying enough heavy shit around that the last thing I wanted to tag on top of that was resentment. Um, number three, it's okay to not be okay. The strong black woman adage is a fallacy and mental health is real. 
I have started to notice that there are people my age or from my generation that um, are committing suicide left and right. And that is devastating. Um, rest in peace, rest in peace, Twitch. Rest in peace, Anthony Bourdain. Rest in peace, Chester Bennington. Uh, it sucks. But I think that, especially in this uh, new world water that we live in, that um, people get so caught up in their own shit all the time that they don't recognize when people are breaking down in front of them. And it makes you feel very alone. Um, it makes you feel like, what's the point of reaching out to anyone if like, no one's going to listen, no one's going to care, at least it comes across that way. And uh, sometimes you feel like if you are reaching for something, straws, whatever, and no one reaches back, that you're not worth it. And um, I am saying to you to never feel that way. Uh, one thing you can never do is give up on yourself. And this is coming from a kid who has battled a lot of self-hatred and uh, suicidal thoughts at times and like um, depression and like all of that mixed together. And uh, I would use coping mechanisms that were not great for me in times of life before, be it drugs, be it drinking, like I'm a human like everybody else and we all have our vices. And I have had moments in my life where it's just me in the room and I am not who I like on those days. And it's not easy to walk through. And you got to sit back and you got to take care of yourself and you have to remind yourself that you are worth it. No matter what the world or a bad relationship or a friendship or a job or something makes you feel like, you have to know that in your heart of hearts, you are worth it. Because if you don't know it, no one else will either. And this is one of those times where I will say with self-love, fake it till you make it. And that kind of stuff helps. Like when people say they get up in the morning and they look at themselves in the mirror and they, they say, hey, like I love you, have a great day today. Saying that kind of stuff over and over and again, like building a habit out of it, it sounds stupid. It sounds juvenile. It helps. It helps tremendously. You got to take care of you. And um, the other side of that coin, as I said, the strong black woman isn't a dodge. It is. That's a fallacy. It is. Like, people shouldn't be forced to be strong because of trauma. And people shouldn't be forced into spaces of trauma because of ignorance. Number four, don't worry about if they come, just build it. Um, I get hit with bouts of inspiration all the time. And I have all these ideas that I want to try to bring to fruition. And sometimes I sit down and do the work that needs to be done to do it. And other times, um, I... 
other times I like put certain stuff on the back burner. Uh, for example, when I first started doing the food related podcast, it was done out of a space. And I've talked about this before of preservation for myself and, um, trying to find a place to put my energy while my father was going into the hospital. And also I was tired of what my experience was in this industry. And the fact that I had taken myself out of the mainstream aspects of the industry, but was still dealing with the same microaggressions and the same bullshit was um, disappointing to me. And uh, I knew that I wasn't alone. So I created this platform in the space to talk to other people who I know were having similar experiences to let them tell their story and talk about their journey in this industry. And what ended up happening is with every conversation, it made me love my industry a little bit more. And I found that I was actually building, um, I was actually building a common ground. I was building, uh, something that, um, that was, was beautiful. Um, unfortunately my father passed in the middle of that project and I put it on the back burner because I had to, I attempted to continue to do it, but then it was like falling apart. And I say that because it, it literally was falling apart. People who I thought wanted to really tell their story, wanted all kind of things for me to continue to do it. And so it kind of ruined the experience for me. And then I stopped doing it. Um, but then there's other things that I've wanted to do that uh, I just hadn't been putting energy into. And it's like, no, nah, okay. Like, the, the whole thing, if you build it, they will come. Sometimes they won't ever come. Um, I say that as a person who's written like nine books. I think I have like eight poetry books and then I have the cookbook and then I have this one project that I'm working on now. And um, I have the audiobook projects, like the one that I did um, uh, in dedication to my father. And um, yeah, like if, just build it. Just do, just do whatever you feel the need to do. Like, it, especially like, you know, art is subjective. And for me, uh, having the ability to create and just to create whatever I feel like it when I feel like it um, has been therapeutic and cathartic for me. So whatever it is that you see in your dreams or like when you are working at a place that you don't want to work or you're doing something that you don't want to do or, or something that you want to do, whatever inspiration is there for a reason. And if you have the ability to create, then create. Don't worry about if they come. Just build. Just build. Because at the end of the day, the person who should be benefiting from this the most is yourself. Don't do any of this. Like, I mean, any of this. This entire life game. Don't do any of this for anybody else but yourself. Like, Do what you want to do. Be goofy. Be stupid. <laughs> like, sing in the car, dance in the car. Freaking just be whoever you want to be in this age and stage of your life. And continue to take that energy with you. Every day is not going to be okay. Every day is not going to be a good day. But every day doesn't have to be a bad day and everything doesn't have to be fully bad or fully good. There may be some elements of things that happen here and there. And like, you know, learn from those things. Take whatever lessons they give and move along. But don't dwell in things that you cannot control. And don't stifle yourself from living due to fear of rejection or 
um, judgment or any of that. Because again, you are not doing this for anyone else but yourself. Number five and our last one of today. Just because an experience is not your own does not mean it doesn't exist. Um, And I say this not necessarily because this is something I learned this year. What I learned this year is that empathy is becoming a lost attribute. And because we are living in a world where people are able to produce their reality, then people often live in their own world of delusion. So if particular things don't occur to them or in their direct inner circle, to anyone in their direct inner circle, then that experience does not exist. I've had this conversation a lot since, again, as I've said before, living out here, because I will meet people who have a completely different experience out here than I do. And that's fine. Like everybody's different. Everybody's background is different. Everybody their makeup is different. People work different jobs. They're in different areas. They're in different places. They're different ages. So the experience is going to be different. It should be like your experience is a direct correlation to you. And I um, find it very difficult to get on a uh, even playing field with people who cannot recognize that experiences will vary and be different so that you should be able to empathize with another human being in reference to something that you don't have to deal with. Like soon, everything's going to be pre-programmed, right? And people will be able to, (laughs) as they keep trying to create AI versions of every type of human on the planet, nothing's going to be real anymore. So while things are actually tangible, and why I and while I actually still have choices, because definitely the world's trying to make sure that's not a thing anymore too. Um, I choose to be empathetic. I choose to listen and absorb and understand what. Um, another person is saying and what they're going through and what their life is and what those experiences culminate to be. So sometimes I, I wish that people would um, give me the same grace, but everybody is different. Nonetheless, uh, that's our first five of 10 of my lessons learned or I don't know the small equations that I have came in encountered this year, really. And the things that add up to make me who I am at the end of the 2022. So we got five more to round it all out. Uh, Till we meet again, per the usual. Take care of each other. Take care of yourselves. I'm not going to tell y'all to check on y'all strong friends. I'm going to tell you to be a better friend to people. I think that's where a lot of it lies. When people who we consider to be strong in our lives are going through things, when you say to that person, well, you're strong, so you got it, you'll be okay, that's you checking out of that friendship. Be a better friend to people. Because a lot of times, people don't really talk about or put forth what they're dealing with the most. And that's how we end up losing the good ones. I'll see you guys on the other side.
as uh welcome back and uh as we continue to go through these 10 lessons that i've learned or i won't even say necessarily it's all fully uh 10 lessons that i've learned i will just say things that have uh been pushed to the forefront that i feel like i need to uh pay attention to this year we're gonna roll into uh the next couple of few. So let's start with number six. If you see something, say something. And I say this in reference to many experiences that I have had where people have said to me that um, they feel like they should not interfere in a situation that they feel is unfair, but they don't know what to say. So they just are innocent bystanders in injustice. And that makes absolutely no sense to me. For me, this year, I have made a extended effort and will continue to do so to be a better ally to the communities that feed um, uh, off of positivity and nourish me and my entire existence. Be that the trans community, the gay community, the non-binary community, um, other communities of minorities, even though there is a lot of anti-blackness in this world. Uh, and like I've told you guys many times before, I, not just myself specifically, I see a lot of this in Austin, where I'm at currently, a lot. There's a lot of anti-blackness coming from <laughs> other minority groups as well as non-minority groups. And it's like, how is there a safe haven for any of us that look like us, me, there, if everybody, you're getting hatred spewed at you from different lanes for absolutely no reason. And I have chosen to be a better ally to all, all communities because I cannot sit here and say that I am a proponent and a supporter of the upliftment of humanity and mankind by also being fully biased and um, non-supportive of other groups, even if they are not supportive of me. Now, that does not mean that I support um, particular spaces blindly. Absolutely not. If you see something, say something. If things are not right, things are not right. And... It is you who chooses to um, approach that however you see fit. And for me, I want us all to be okay. So that starts with um, everybody. Uh, <laughs> no matter how the world sees me, I have to choose to be the better person. And that has definitely been something that has been growing and developing and becoming a huger portion of who I am this year. Number seven, past traumas will infiltrate your life when you least expect it. And it is up to you to recognize those pain points and put in the work to rectify uh, the dismantling of your spirit that can happen when these things occur. So I'm going to give you an example. When growing up, I bounced back and forth between Germany and Belgium. Uh, Germany, Germany, excuse me, Germany, Belgium, Louisiana, but initially Germany and Louisiana. And then uh, when I was 11, I was living in Belgium. And then I came over to Louisiana, small town Louisiana. Uh, the name of the city specifically is Deritter. Feel free to look it up in your spell time. 
And uh, it was jarring to me in the sense that I was in a space when I was in Belgium where I communicated and uh, spent a lot of time getting to know, playing with, growing with um, all of these kids that were so vastly different from me. We, uh, My school was half American military kids and half Belgian kids. And we learned how to um, interweave our lives together and find commonality in e- activities that we enjoyed. I used to like try to learn to play soccer, try to be a goalie. Um, but then I also wrote like little short stories that I would put in pamphlets and freaking staple them together. And there was uh, one kid who would do all my animation animation he would draw all the pictures for it and then we would literally act it out on the schoolyard um during lunch so i went from a bunch of different kids from different walks backgrounds all of that to being told that i needed to be a certain type of person because of my skin tone when i came to small town louisiana and it caused a lot of Um, self-identity and self-hatred issues for so long. And that was at 11. At 40, I experienced the same kind of feelings every now and then living in Austin, Texas, which I consider to be not as progressive as they say. From my personal experience, Austin is very progressive for people who do not look like me and what their definition of progression is. I grew up in communities and spaces that were progressive and that did not have boundaries and that did not have barriers that were attached to people having accents and how they spoke and the languages they spoke and how their families grew up and their originations. I didn't have to think about any of that as a kid until I came back stateside. And then I know that for me, a lot of the issues that I run into and the moments of self-doubt that I have uh, in my current state, age, frame, all of that is tied to the fact that I end up bouncing back between those emotions, those familiar emotions that I thought I had worked through, but I guess I originally had just suppressed for so long. I go back to those same feelings of negativity and, um, and, uh, devaluing and, um, and like uh, dehumanizing. And I've, I use these words and I've used them a lot recently because that's exactly what it is and what it feels like. You feel not just not worthy but and not just not seen, but you also feel like um, your existence doesn't matter. And at this age, I'm beginning to learn that what's happening is uh, past traumas from my life and things that kind of were core mechanisms in my makeup uh, have come back up as pain points that I have to address as an adult because as a child, I kind of carried that shit with me. And from my experience, things that you need to really grow from and grow through come back up and resurface in ways that you could never expect and can be triggered by anything. Me living where I live currently is what has triggered a lot of these old emotions and spaces. And I've gone other places before. Y'all see me bounce around and live in other cities and states in reference to uh, for the advancement of my career and other choices. But this is the first time that like I'm tapping into some of those emotions again. And I will say that I believe that it's happening to me now because I've gotten to a space where I feel like I need to take myself a little bit less seriously while being serious at the same time. My father told me the last thing that my dad said to me was that um, it was time for me to be happy and that I need to take care of myself. And for me, that has now been defined as I need to have a good time on this planet, in my skin, be comfortable with me, um, despite. And because I feel like I'm there mentally, 
the pushback that I'm getting from my own self comes from past emotions as a child that have filtered their way into my being now due to experiences that I've had in my current living place. And I'm working through that. But when that kind of stuff knocks, you got to recognize it and be better. And whatever better looks like is determined by you and you alone. Number eight, it is important to learn not only your own love language, but the love language of others. And the reason why I say this, uh, this is something that I realized really just on this trip that I just had. So uh, real quick catch up. Uh, I just got back in from Louisiana. I drove to see my mother and I saw my aunt, my cousins, and this is the first time that it really felt very good to be back in Louisiana and actually accept and take in that Louisiana is a home base. I always said the only U.S. cities that have felt like home to me have been um, Chicago and Oakland. And I still very much so feel that way. But this was one time where an actual place that I have spent a significant portion of my life finally felt like home. And it was really good to see family. It was really good to talk and hang out. And it was just good to be there, man. It just felt good to be there. And it, it actually got me hyped up for this Christmas season and for Christmas, it, it, just in general, since that's on Saturday, because I haven't really been feeling like like Christmassy. I haven't really been feeling like it's the holiday season at all. And going home or a version of home or a place that grounds you like that changed everything. So uh, with that being said, let me get back to number eight, love languages. I'm going to tell you a story. So my mom's sister, uh, I have gone back and forth with my relationship with her my entire life. And there's so many good parts. Like, I mean, case in point to this day, she calls me mama because I remind her of her grandmother, which is my great grandmother, who I've heard other stories about how I remind people of my great grandmother. And she still calls me that to this day. And I know that there's been bits and pieces along the way where we've gotten into fights and, and arguments. And even as I've gotten older, like I've sworn her off and just like, me reacting to the relationship she had with my mother and not understanding the dynamics of where she's came from and stuff like that. She's, I realize now that I won't say, I will say that I feel like I misunderstood her and I feel like I misunderstood her because I did not understand her love language. And that is, she is a type of person that she might not say it all the time and she might not express it in a way where it feels like it is such or so, but her actions are that she will buy you everything under the sun without you asking. Like when it comes to things that she can provide monetarily, she will do that. And again, without asking. And if you do need help for something like case in point, I needed help like this past fall with paying my rent when I came back from the cruise, because like me paying for everything by myself has just been so freaking difficult. And she loaned me money to help <laughs> me pay towards my rent because it's very expensive to live here. And as a single person, but a business owner, it you have no idea. Like y'all have no clue, but nonetheless, like I said, she will do for you monetarily wise, um, no, no matter what, like no real questions asked. And she does that so freely if she can. And I realized very quickly 
that a lot of that comes from the fact that she genuinely is showing how she cares, like how my love language is cooking for people, like how I show care is through cooking. And I think that's the reason why when it comes to events that I do and things of that nature, I think personally, that's why people can taste the love in my food because that really is a way that I express that emotion. I say it too, but I'm much better with expressing it that way and learning that that's how my aunt shows her love really changed how I was viewing her and really made me appreciate her even more so. And I know she will probably never hear this, but I do feel bad for the amount of times that I didn't appreciate where she was coming from because I did not take the time to understand her. And I think that's something that we often need to do in life is sometimes we need to take a step back, especially for people who are important in our lives and and people that like we genuinely care for or care about or have those connections with, it is up to us to learn how to understand each other because being able to empathize and understand helps. It makes things so much easier because a lot of times, majority of the issues that happen between you and other people, be it whatever avenue it is, comes from miscommunication. And a lot of the times it's lack of, as opposed to being miscommunicated and not everybody knows how to express themselves verbally. And I am starting to learn that not everybody knows how to verbally express themselves. Not everybody knows how to emotionally express themselves. And a lot of that stuff comes from your background, your makeup, how you were raised and like the way that your family communicated with each other. And it's important, I feel like, as an adult to learn the tools to be able to communicate with people more effectively. Love languages are important. Learn your own. It starts there. Number nine, evolving with the times doesn't mean you have to sacrifice your authenticity. So I say that in reference to where I stand in the planet. I'm not a huge like social media fan. I do a lot of stuff on social media. I do. And I use it to promote the business and I use it to share projects that I do. And I use it to be stupid and goofy and fun. But if it were to disappear tomorrow, would I like cry a river? Not really. And what I've learned in like the business aspect of using it is that um, I'm not ever going to be the person that sits here and combs through hashtags and trending sounds and trending topics and trending objects and trending songs and use those to promote what I do or things of that nature to try to get followers. I'm not going to do that. And it's because it's not something that I identify with personally. Like, I don't care about that stuff that much. And I know that a lot of weight gets put onto that sometimes. And I know that, like, people, I know that there are many people in this world that do not consider you to be successful if you are not social media popular. And all that really seems like to me or all that really comes across to for me is as if I'm, all that really feels like is I'm back in high school trying to sit with the popular kids or be known by the cool people. That's that's what that comes across as to me. So I don't change what I do for the sake of in that respect. And I think the one thing that I'm definitely going to lean into a bit more going forward is I am very honest uh, <laughs> in who I am as a person when it comes to my personal social media. And I'm very honest about that kind of thing and issues that I care about and stuff like that too. On the professional, there's lots of things on the professional that I leave off 
that are on my personal. And I do that kind of on purpose. And I think I personally would like to work on a better way of mixing and meshing, weaving uh, both of those sides of life together. So it doesn't really feel like I have to alter personas. Like Dimitri is Dimitri, whether she's cooking, whether she's writing, whether she's like painting walls, whether she's creating in any facet, form, or space. I am myself to the T um, at all times or as authentic as I can be in this moment because I do recognize that um, change is inevitable and I will always change and do a certain things differently, but the core structures of who I am will always remain the same. You can get me to sit down by saying, let's play rock band and let me be the lead singer for hours. I love a good RPG. I love like manga and anime. I love old Hollywood. I love old music. Uh, and I mean like 40s, 50s, all that kind of stuff. Th these are things that are part of my core makeup and those are never going to change. May they be other things of how I do stuff or how I allow myself to maneuver in this world that may change as I get older. Yeah, and they should because I'm getting older and I am starting to recognize and realize and see the growth within myself and that I'm actually genuinely proud of. So with that being said, like I said before, Dimitri is Dimitri and I will be Dimitri on all facets at all times. Number 10, the pursuit of happiness comes on the cornerstone of the juxtaposition of peace. So I'm going to share with you guys something that I've said multiple times through multiple casts on multiple occasions. The last thing my father said to me before he passed, and we didn't know he was going to, but who does, um, was that I work too hard and that it was time to me time for me to focus on being happy and since his passing i felt like i was trying to do that in some way shape or form grasping at straws not really knowing what it means finding some things identifying with it and being like oh he meant that i should do it like this oh he meant i should do it like that no all of this is wrong scrap it scrap it scrap it start again start again oh like this like this and what I will say I have learned at this portion of it is that happiness is, of course, very specific. And the only way that I can fully work on my happiness is to address why I don't have peace in certain areas of my life to live this life and constantly feel like you're in civil unrest is ballistic. And I feel like with a lot of experiences that I've had over various avenues of my life, it's been me constantly at war with something. And if I am going to be happy, and enjoy this life for however it is given to me, I have to learn how to quiet the storm. Yes, there's going to be bad days. And yes, there are going to be days that make me angry. And yes, there are going to be situations and people that are inconveniences that get in the way, that cause all kind of chaos and stress. However, I have got to learn how to be able to let a lot of stuff really roll off because all I'm doing is sacrificing my peace, which in turn sacrifices my happiness. Nothing that I have said in this cast and the one before that make the collective 10 is anything that I say, oh, this is the truth. This is the fact. You should do things like this. Everybody is making think pieces right now that is steeped in where their experience is currently, but pretending like they're freaking experts on everything. I would never do that. 
I am not judge, jury, and executioner executioner of anybody's life. I can only speak from my human experience and where this experience has taken me thus far. And that's it. So a lot of things that I say hold fact and true to my story and my experience, but yours could be different. I share these things with everybody so that people can kind of understand. And if sometimes you cannot articulate what you're feeling, then maybe something I say like will ring a bell and make it a little bit easier and brighter to weave through the storms and the tangles and the tumbleweeds and the vines and the thorns that make this life so hard to get through because being a human is the biggest scam on the planet. (laughs) It is not easy to live this life. And... I have taken things that I've gotten and learned along the way and hoped that I have been able to share things in a way that it helps people be able to light their own path or not give up on themselves, not give up on their dreams and be the person that they want to be and not something that seems palpable to society. I think it's very important to be grounded in who you are and love yourself for where you are currently, no matter what you're going through, so that you can continue to get to the next level of what your chapters look like. That is what this whole thing is for. So as we close out this year, close out this cast, I want to end this the way that I always do. Per the usual, Take care of each other. Take care of yourselves. All the sideline stuff is bullshit. Because at the end of it all, the things that you need to do to fulfill yourself in your life, all of that, all of that shit is just simple math. I'll see you guys on the other side. Here's to the future, y'all.